Hi there, and welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast. I'm Jamie Hampton, and I'm really excited to be here with you. Um, normally, we don't record in real time. Alana and I batch our episodes, and I pre-record some of the interviews that you'll hear now and again, um, well ahead of when we air them. And today, it's Sunday, January 23rd, 2022. And the time that this airs will be in less than 12 hours. So you're going to be hearing this on Monday. And there's something kind of neat about that because, I don't know, it's not like we talk about current events all that often or, you know, stay current on things. But just for you to know that we're kind of existing in the same reality and the same time, um, I don't know. I think that's kind of a neat thing. So uh, typically... Alana and I record in batches. We record, you know, well ahead of time. And we were pretty far ahead, actually, when life threw me a curveball. And we ended up being stuck out of town for our Christmas vacation travel and weren't able to get back home. And it was, it's, it's a big, long story. And I won't go into all the details, but the bottom line was we got, um, our family's itinerary got separated to the point where we weren't all traveling back home together. Um, my husband and our oldest got home sooner than the other three of us did. Um, and yeah, it was just, it ended up being kind of crazy to the point where my youngest two and I were away from home for over a month. And that was not part of the plan. So I thought it would be very cool seeing as I needed an episode for today to just talk a little bit about some of the stuff that I'd been learning over these last weeks as we've been stranded. And um, I mean, I've done, I did tons of praying and reflection and questioning and learning. So I just thought, you know, why not package all of that up and process it now? I've I tried to do some processing on my own of the things that have happened and how God was at work and how I responded, how I could respond better next time, what I did well, but, um, but I haven't really fully laid it out there. So I kind of am excited to go through some of these things. I, I put together a list of several things that I think I've learned through trial and error through these last few weeks and hoping that it will encourage you and deepen your prayer life and maybe answer some questions or at least bring up some questions that maybe you've had in your own heart as you've wrestled with God over the curveballs that life throws you. So before we do that, though, I'd like to pray. God, we just come before you today. So thankful that you are God and we are not. I just feel humbled at the thought that there are times when I feel like I'm in control and I have this illusion that my best laid plans are coming to pass because of me. And we just all acknowledge you now, God, as the author of time, the author of our plans, and we submit and surrender our plans to you, God. We just acknowledge you as being wise beyond anything that we could ever comprehend in our human minds. And we surrender that idea of control to you, God. We don't want you to be our co-pilot. We want you to be the pilot. I wouldn't want to take the wheel. 
And as we reflect, as I reflect on the last couple of weeks of curveballs pertaining to plans, I just pray that you would open the hearts and the eyes and the minds of each person listening today to just think about and reflect on the ways that you have been sovereign and continue to be sovereign and are sovereign, even in the curveballs, sometimes especially in the curveballs that life throws us. Be glorified in this time, Lord. Thank you. Amen. Now I have two verses of the day. I couldn't pick just one. So James 4, 13 and 14 says, now listen, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. Then James goes on to say that we should ask if it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. Very good advice. Uh, Proverbs 19, 21 is another one. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Amen. 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 I have learned a lot about these things in the last couple of weeks. Um, so as you all know, maybe you don't, but I'm guessing most of you know that there has been just, a, there was, and probably continues to be to some extent, just these huge travel disruptions, especially over the holidays. Um, it began weeks before we traveled and we kind of thought we'd be traveling kind of on the tail end of it, that we would be, um, you know, we left early enough that we didn't have any issues and we started to hear about people's travel plans falling through while we were gone. And we thought, oh, good, we're, you know, we're, we're a week or two behind them. So everything is going to be okay. And then it came down to us getting ready to fly out and our flight was canceled at the last minute, not at the last minute, thankfully, because we were flying out of a city that was about an hour and a half away from where we were staying. So we did find out before we made that trip to the airport. Um, and then we waited a little bit longer and it looked like they couldn't get us on the same flight. So they split our family up. My husband and our oldest were on one itinerary and our, our youngest two and me were on a separate itinerary and they canceled a second time. Well, my husband and our oldest was able to reschedule their flight through a different airline pretty quickly. And they ended up getting home um, quite a bit later than they had intended, but they did get home. And then um, in our case, our second cancellation, we could not get in touch with people in time. And we rebooked one of the flights on another airline, hoping to be able to make our connection. But then our airline rebooked us automatically and it canceled our connection flight. So all of that to say, we were put off after waiting several days, four or five, maybe five days that we had to wait to be rescheduled. We were canceled again and then rescheduled for like four or five days later. And there was just no way to get out. And um, our old, our youngest, uh, well, our middle, our middle child, our younger son, um, had a hockey tournament that he was supposed to be leaving for. He was going to go to school for a few days um, and then have to leave for the long weekend, the Martin Luther King Jr. weekend to go to a hockey tournament out of town. And he had a flight scheduled and we weren't going to get back in time to make that flight. So my son and my daughter and myself ended up traveling to that hockey tournament straight from Christmas travel. 
which is why we now are a month and then some back, you know, after having traveled for that long. Um, so everything worked out fine. But in the process, there was so much going on. And I just want to unpack that because I know that I'm not the only one who has curveballs thrown at me. I know that for a fact. Um, I also know that maybe your curveballs are way more devastating or heartbreaking than changes of schedule. So as I'm talking through this, I just want to make, you know, we're just known for disclaimers, right? Alana and I love to do disclaimers because we don't ever want anyone to think that we're making broad sweeping generalizations or that what we say applies to every single thing. Um, so my disclaimer is I'm going to be talking about some things that I learned, maybe some questions that you can ask yourself about when life throws you curveballs. And these things are meant for those minor curveballs or those moderate curveballs that inconvenience that might hurt a little bit. Um, I'm not talking about death. I'm not talking about devastation. Um, things like that, I think, are in a different category. So I just want to be clear. Um, one of the things I'm going to talk about is not letting your disappointment turn into wallowing and you know, we'll talk about that when we get to that part, but I don't ever want to minimize, let's see, to minimize the importance of lament and grief and, and the fact that that process can take a very long time, depending on what we're talking about. When it's schedule change, there's a grief that goes along with grieving the loss of your plans. And it's, it can feel big in the moment. I don't want to diminish that either, but it, you deal with it in a different way than you do actual grief of a loved one or of a, 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 the death of a marriage or, you know, the death of a child, the death of a parent, the death of a friend, um, a terminal illness, you know, just all of these things. Some of these concepts can be applied for sure across the board. But just understand that I'm not addressing those deeper things in my particular situation. And those conversations might be a little bit different. So, okay, got it? Got it. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. So I would say the number one lesson, lesson number one that I learned was even when you think you're in control, you're not. And I've learned that before. I've learned that many, many times before, and I keep forgetting it. So no matter how many times I learn it, I think God just needs to prompt me and prod me a little bit here and there to remind me that even when I think I'm in control, I'm not. So James reminds us that we should, instead of saying, I'm going to do this and this and that, um, instead of just hanging your hat on that, we should say, if it's the Lord's will, we're going to live and do this or that. And I don't think that means to be superstitious about it and say, Lord willing. And have you ever known the Lord willing people? Lord willing, I'll do this or that. And you don't have to say that before everything, but in your heart, I think, and in your mind, we need to always make our plans with humility. Now you could go on the other side of that coin and get a little lazy about making plans and not have any motivation or ambition and think, well, I'll just go with the flow. And, you know, maybe God doesn't want me to do that. I don't think that is biblical either. You know, I think that 
in order to be using our gifts and passionate about sharing who God has made us with the world, there are some times that we need to make plans or, you know, to be intentional about visiting family, we have to make plans to visit them, which means getting plane tickets and planning accordingly, right? We just need to be humble and open-handed with that, I think. So when you think you're in control, think again. Um, and I just, I know that I'm going to take that into my plans coming up and will it look different in the way that I plan? I don't think it's going to look different in the way that I plan for things. I think what it will do though, is make me, my heart more flexible if the plans change. And I had a graphic that I put up a few weeks ago, or last week, I think on social media, and it was, um, I might paraphrase, but something like prayer doesn't stop the curveballs from coming. It invites God in to help us adjust our swing. And I think that's kind of the picture I want to have is, you know, the curveballs are going to come in this world. You will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. That was from Jesus. And so, yeah, you're going to have trouble. You're going to have problems. You're going to have canceled flights. You're going to have sickness. You're going to have cancellations. You're going to have all kinds of things that happen that are going to seem very inconvenient. You're going to have rain on your parade, literally. <laughs> but we need to just remember that, um, that, you know, we have access to God, to, to the Holy Spirit living in us to help us to adjust our swing, to help our hearts to be flexible and teachable. Um, I, one question to ask yourself when your plans uh, un, uh, unravel and when you realize you're not in control is, you know, what plans do I need to surrender to God right now? So this is for each lesson that I've learned, I'm going to give you a question that you can be asking yourself. So question one, what plans do I need to surrender to God? What things do I need to hold with open hands and say, okay, God, make my heart teachable and flexible so that if this thing doesn't happen, that I can go with it and I can know that you're in it. Um, lesson two is, I kind of touched on this earlier. When things don't go the way that you had hoped or planned, it's okay to be disappointed. In fact, it's unhealthy to pretend not to be disappointed. I think that's my thought because if you're actually feeling that way, now you might get to a place in your faith or it might be a thing that doesn't matter that much to you where you can be like, oh, this happened, no big deal. And that's good. You don't have to feign disappointment, <laughs> but definitely acknowledge your feelings before God. I think transparency in prayer is so important because it's not like God doesn't already know how you're feeling. And so I think it's so important to feel permission to be disappointed. When I found out that our flight was canceled, I cried a little bit because we really had missed our dog. And for those of you that aren't pet owners, you might not get this. And I understand, I, I don't mind that people don't get this, but our dog is like, is an extension of our family. He's like one of our kids and no, he is not on the same level necessarily as our children, but we love him. And he is a family member. 
And it was so hard for us. This was the first time we had been apart from him. And it was so hard for us to be apart from him. And so we were so looking forward to being back reunited with him. That was like one of our big excitements um, that kind of dulled the disappointment of leaving our family was we get to be back with our dog. So we were looking at dog pictures and dog videos and the boarding kennel that he was at had videos sometimes that they would post of the dogs and we got to see him. And so when we found out, I mean, I wasn't the only one that cried. I'll just leave it at that. Um, <laughs> and that it wasn't going to be just a day or two. It was going to be like a, about a week before we could get back. Um, and I was disappointed. So was most of our family. And the other part was I was disappointed because we had costs that were we were incurring daily that were being racked up as we had to be gone longer. And we already had invested quite a lot financially in this vacation to see family. And so it was, you know, just all kinds of things. But while it is okay to be disappointed and definitely important to take that disappointment directly to God, it's not okay to wallow in that disappointment and like I said before in the disclaimer, I am not talking about life or death. I'm not talking about deep grief. Um, that is between you and God, how that plays out and how long the grieving happens. And, and maybe between you and God and a trusted Christian counselor to, to unpack all of those things. Um, there is a time to lament. There's a time to rage. Um, but there's a fine line between acknowledging your emotions to yourself and to God and spiraling into wallowing in that disappointment. So there's a story after our second cancellation, when it became clear that we were going to have to delay our trip home for another five days to go to this hockey tournament that our middle kid had, which by the way, they became the tournament champions, which was a huge blessing. Um, more on that later. But um, my eight-year-old daughter cried as much as I've ever heard her cry before when she found out that we were not going to be able to, uh, to return home for a second time. And that it would be basically another week before we got to see our family, our dog, our home, sleep in her own bed, see her friends at school and things like that. So she was at this point now where we were leaving family behind that she had, you know, become very attached to. And then going to a hockey tournament with, you know, turned out it was actually a lot of fun for her, but she didn't realize that at the time. And, and so she had this limbo of leaving family behind, but not being able to realize that reattachment to um, family and dog back home. And she, she went for a long time and I was very careful to acknowledge, I know you're sad and it's okay. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be disappointed. And I cried with her a little but then she just kept on going and going and going. And every minute it was like just more and more and more. And we talked through it and, and she just, she would try to torture herself. She would look at dog pictures and dog videos and kind of, in my mind, she was trying to like kind of coax out more sadness. And I, I began to see that as unhealthy. 
I am not a counselor. And there may be someone out there that thinks, oh, no, you did the wrong thing by telling her to set limits on that. But I saw her torturing herself by trying to conjure up this sadness. And I have been there, people. I <laughs> So I think of a breakup in college that just left me devastated. And I would sit there and listen to music and, you know, kind of wallow. And I remember one of my roommates kind of like trying to snap at, snap me out of it and just said, you know what? She kind of gave me a pep talk and said, you've grieved. You need to, you need to move on now. You need to move forward and think positive thoughts. And I believe that that helped me. So, you know, my, please don't take my advice as solid, um, counseling advice, but I really do believe that there's a time to say, okay, I've cried. I'm going to put a pin in that and, and I'm still going to feel disappointed, but I'm going to start to focus my thoughts forward and not backward. I'm going to think forward. Okay. What's this next thing in front of me? And it doesn't mean the sadness isn't still there. It doesn't mean you can't cry again later or the next day or feel disappointed or talk about it, but don't torture yourself by wallowing, whatever that looks like for you. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. So that's my non-professional advice. <laughs> and when I was talking to my daughter about this, I felt like God flipped the, you know, let me look in a mirror and flipped it back on me and said, you do this sometimes because I do. I've shared with you before on this podcast that I struggle with victim mentality. I definitely have times where I will just kind of take comfort in feeling like a victim and wallowing in regret or sadness. Um, some people call it like a melancholy personality. I think I have elements of that. And so God used that as a way for me to see in this situation, don't take the role of the victim. Don't create a story that tells yourself that this has happened to you because God was in this. And so I think one of the questions we need to ask ourselves when we have life throws us curveballs is, am I being honest with God about my disappointment? A, am I trying to just put on a happy face or am I being honest with God about my disappointment and with myself? That's important. And then the other side of that coin has my disappointment spiraled into a victim mentality. So another thing that I learned about things not going the way that I had hoped and life throwing me curveballs is when things don't go the way you hoped, when life throws you those curveballs, look for God moving in your situation, sort of put on the God glasses maybe silver linings, hidden blessings, divine appointments, whatever the words are that you use to describe 
the movement of God. And some of the questions that you might be asking yourself or that you could ask yourself is what are the things in this situation that are even better than what you'd originally planned? Because God knows. He knows all the different scenarios, all the different possible combinations of things that could have happened. In my case, he knew all the potential outcomes of all the different flights I could have been on. Uh, I went to the tournament with my middle son. My husband didn't go. That was a big change. So what are things that, that God could have done that might have actually made things better than expected. So in my case, when I started thinking about these things, I thought, okay, what are some situations that I'm in that I wouldn't have been in had the delay or the cancellations not happened? And one of those things, it happened to be a Sunday when I had just found out that the tickets that my husband had got, uh, had gotten that would have helped us with, through a different airline make our connection back home to our second canceled, canceled flight, connecting flight. Um, I, I learned that those tickets weren't going to be useful because our airline, I couldn't get through to a human, and our airline had actually already canceled both legs of the flight and totally rescheduled us for like a week later. And I thought I was sitting there in church. And we were singing a worship song. I wish I could remember what it was, but it had something to do with surrender. And I just said, God, whatever you want to do in this, help me to see it. Help me to see how I can be the blessing. Because in the Sunday school class earlier that day, my mother-in-law was actually teaching. And one of the lessons was about how we can be deliverers of God's word. We were talking about Ezekiel and the dry bones and the message that God had given him to prophesy to Israel. And the question for reflection was, how can I be a, a conduit of God's word? How can I be the mouthpiece of God to speak truth into someone else's life? And so I just kind of was praying all those things. God, show me what you have for me in this situation. Show me how I can be a, a conduit of, of your encouragement and love and truth and the gospel. And just a few seconds after kind of praying those things, my son kind of jabbed me with his elbow and said, mom, your phone's ringing. And it was on vibrate. So I couldn't actually hear it or feel it, but he could, cause he was standing right next to me and it was in my purse. So I got it and I said, oh no, this is the airline. So I had been waiting for about seven hours to get a call back. So I went out into the hallway and I was talking to the person that called me back and we're talking through all the different things, different possibilities for return flights. And I was learning that we were not going to be able to return until after my son was supposed to get back to fly out for his tournament. And as we're talking, I, I, I thought to myself, okay, you have to be firm and you have to be the squeaky wheel or you're not going to get anything done. That's what my flesh told me. And as I started talking to this woman, I felt God softening my heart 
and pulling me back. I kind of came in like gangbusters when I was talking. I had the professional voice. I had the non-sympathetic, no-nonsense voice. But after talking to this woman for a few minutes, um, letting her know that it was unacceptable, the time frame that they were talking about being able to get us home, she said, everyone has a story. She said, I am so sorry. She said, this has been so hard for me because I'm the kind of person that wants to help everybody. And every single person that I've spoken to over the last several weeks has a story about why they need to get back sooner. And she's like, it's just killing me that I can't do anything about it. There literally is not a flight that I can get you on that will get you back when you need to get back. And at that moment, I felt like the, the switch flipped and God was like, this is your divine appointment. This is one of them. I had many probably, but this is one of your divine appointments. You can bring love and hope and light and joy into this woman's life. And so I just said a little silent prayer, God, lead me, show me. And I felt like God was leading me and asking me to pray for this woman and with her on the phone. And I felt like, oh man, Lord, this is, she's a stranger. It's, she's busy. I'm already taking a bunch of her time trying to work out the details of all of this, all these flights. And anyway, I just kept kind of fighting in my mind throughout the whole thing. And I sort of probed, you know, throughout our conversation, which lasted maybe 20 minutes, something like that. And I, I just was like, um, so I guess this must be really hard for you and open the door for her to talk. And she just opened the floodgates and said, you know, there are people dropping like flies over here quitting because every day that they have to talk to people who are upset because of flight cancellations and rescheduling, they're getting verbally abused day after day, all day long. Those of us that have stayed are working mandatory overtime. And I haven't had two days off since October 19th. Um, you know, just really hard time. She's having a hard time. And the more I talked to her, the more I listened, she was virtually in tears when I got off the phone with her. And so by the very end, I just conjured up all the strength and courage I had. And I just said, would it be okay if I prayed for you over the phone? And I kind of like, I think I made the face of like the, you know, the like, the wincing face. <laughs> I think I made that face and closed and scrunched my eyes as I waited for her reply. And she sounded surprised. She was like, Oh, um, well, yeah, that would be nice. So I did. And I prayed for her. And by the end she was, you know, she sounded moved and thankful and maybe even a little bit teary and I just would love to use my imagination and have to think what the different scenarios could have been, how God could have used that in her life that day. At the very least, I know she was encouraged. So um, I've, I've gone through different scenarios and sometimes it's kind of nice, Alana, and I have talked about this, to use your imagination to just imagine what your prayers could be doing in that person's life. Maybe her day would have gone very differently in a number of ways if I had not prayed with her and if I had not been open to God using me. And I'm not saying this to make myself sound great and spiritual, because to be honest, <laughs> there were so many moments 
where I was very not spiritual about my situation and I don't want to glorify my sins. So I'm not going to go into the details, but just know I was very unspiritual at many points along the way. I was cranky. I was grumpy. I had words come out of my mouth that I should not have said. Uh, I had just, I was a bad example to my kids at times of being impatient and frustrated and angry and emotional, but this was a win. And I believe that it was because I was at church and I had a fresh in, in, in pouring of the Holy spirit. I had people encouraging me. I had God's word coming into me. And I think this is so important when we're in these situations where God is, is moving even if we can't see it, um, to be able to sense his movement, I think we need to be hearing from him through his word. We need to be with people that are going to encourage us. We need to be listening to the right voices. So a couple of questions. One question that you can ask, what story am I telling myself about this situation? How is God moving and what opportunities might he be placing in my path? So this doesn't mean that you need to be able to see the why in everything. I think it can get kind of exhausting to try and figure out every detail about what God may or may not be doing behind the scenes. Like if maybe God did X so that Y could happen, or if this hadn't happened, then this never would have happened. So, you know, you might even feel this like obligation to figure it all out and if that's helpful for you, like if doing those mental exercises brings you comfort and joy, and if it helps you to praise God and give thanks more to say, oh, well, if this bad thing hadn't happened, then maybe this good thing wouldn't have happened. By all means, do it and keep doing it. But that could get exhausting. And, and it could also get to the point where you're trying to stretch and, and say, well, God made this flight be canceled so that this other thing could happen. Well, if you're going to say that, then you're going to say, well, God made this horrible tragedy happen so that something else good could happen. And I just don't know if that always is the way. I think sin and death are in this world and horrible, terrible things happen. Humans do awful things to other humans. Uh, sickness does horrible, awful things to humans. And I don't believe that God necessarily makes those things happen. It's part of the sin and death that entered this world. But God is absolutely at work. And so I, I do think that there are times when we just need to be still and know that he is God and, and to be carried forward in the current of our circumstances. Kind of like if you're like relaxing on an inner tube on a lazy river on a sunny day, just be still, know that he is God, release the need to know why. But at the same time, be conscious of the story that you're telling yourself about this situation. Be conscious of whether you're labeling yourself as a victim, whether you're wallowing, whether you're ignoring God's movement because you're so caught up in your selfish thoughts. And I'm thankful for church that morning for my mother-in-law's message and the message of that lesson that really helped me to put on those God glasses to see opportunities in my path. The last lesson kind of goes along with that. Don't get so caught up in your own situation that you miss the needs around you because someone always has it worse. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I could have missed the needs of that woman on the phone 
if I had just gone ahead looking at my lack and, and my, you know, placing faith in myself to make things happen on the other end of the phone. Um, and, and if I hadn't opened myself to the Holy Spirit's leading. So when you're in a situation where God has thrown you a curveball, you can just stop and think who in this situation or around me since I've been put in this situation might be having a deeper need than me. And you know what, even if that person doesn't have it worse, sometimes it can really help when you're in a situation where you're feeling like things aren't right and you're feeling like you're having issues. Sometimes it helps to just look outward and, and bless someone else. Even if it's like, you know, the, the girl sitting next to you in church broke a nail and she's upset about it. I mean, that's a really silly example and it's not really what I meant, but you know, um, uh, someone, let's say the church example, let's say you're, say you're in church and you're contemplating the situation that, that has just befallen you. And, and there's a crying baby next to you and you happen to have a lollipop in your pocket. Um, you know, okay, let's make it not a baby because lollipops can choke babies, a toddler, a toddler that's old enough not to be choked by a lollipop. <laughs> and you, you're able to hand the lollipop to that mom who then gives it to their child and is allowed to enjoy the church service because their child is happily sucking on the lollipop and not crying. You just blessed that mom and you focused outside of yourself and you were able to see a need of someone other than yourself. And I find that so helpful. Um, but there also are always others that have deeper needs than ours. And so we need to make sure definitely not to minimize your own situation because even if you look around you and everyone else's needs are greater, it doesn't mean that yours are not valuable or significant to God. But at the same time, don't get so caught up in your own stuff that you don't have eyes to look outward. And I'm going to do the disclaimer again. I'm not talking about deep, deep grief or situations that you physically don't feel like you can come out of at that moment. Give yourself grace for those things. I'm talking about the situations like like, like the minor and moderate situations, like I'm talking about. So that's what I've got. Prayer doesn't stop the curveballs of life from coming, but it invites God in to help you adjust your swing. I think that's the, the long and the short of it. So I hope my journey, a little bit of my journey helped you. Um, I know that it has helped me just kind of to move forward in being more flexible, being more teachable by God when it comes to the plans that I make and the situations that I walk into. Um, so I hope that'll do the same for you. Um, if you would like to connect with us further, we have a community on Facebook. It's called the Praying Christian Women Community on Facebook. It's a closed group. You'll see our logo if you're familiar with our logo from the podcast. Um, and you'll see um, there's a picture of a bunch of different hands all together. And all you need to do is request membership. So just search Praying Christian Women Community on Facebook and it should pop up. We would love to have you as part of this group. We've been 
trying to post fairly regularly. I kind of dropped off when I was out of town, but we post about episodes. We post encouragement and a couple of times a week, sometimes we'll try and, or we'll be trying to ask um, for prayer requests and for you to offer up praises and Thanksgiving and different types of prayer. So it's just a great place to get together with women who have the same kind of desire to deepen their prayer lives as I'm guessing you do if you're tuning in. And if you would like to email us at connect at prayingchristianwomen.com, we would love to hear from you, what your curveballs are, how you've been dealing with them, how we can be praying for you through it all. Let's close in prayer. God, we just thank you so much for this time. Thanks for the curveball that allowed for this episode to even come about, which wouldn't have otherwise. We just lift our plans up to you with open hands, God. We know that your ways are so much higher than ours. Your plans are so much better. And we just submit all of them to you, asking for you to be glorified in them, for you to work in us to be more flexible and teachable and, and to be bearers of, of the light of Christ to everyone around us, no matter what curveballs come our way. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows. Then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com slash journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show, and we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to Him and change the world one prayer at a time.